You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Leaders on Leadership podcast, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk to leaders of all ages and stages about what it takes to pay the price of leadership. And today I'm super excited, tremendously excited because my guest is Lacey Langford. Let me tell you a little bit about Lacey. Lacey Langford, AFC, is a financial coach. She's a veteran and a military spouse who changes people's mindsets from being fearful of money to having control and confidence with it. She's an accredited financial counselor with over 15 years of financial planning, counseling, and coaching experience. Lacey's the founder and CEO of The Military Money Show, a podcast dedicated to helping the military community make, save, and invest money wisely, and Mill Money Con, which is an annual conference for financial professionals united by military service. Lacey, thank you so much for being our guest today. It's an honor to have you here. Oh, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And thank you for your service, sister, as well. Thank you. Yes, you too. You're welcome. Well, I like to tell people because they're always like, Tracy, how do you meet all these tremendous people on your podcast? Well, I am on, as you know, the American College of Financial Services. I'm the chairperson for the Center for Military and Veterans Affairs. I've been on it for about five or six years, and I'm the chair chairperson this year. And Chief Master Sergeant Jim Roy, retired Chief Master Sergeant, is on there with me. And we had an opening on the advisory council, and he had been at Lacey's, the Mill Money Conference. Is that correct, Lacey? Where no you had connected with him? Okay. It connected me with her, and now she's going to be the advisory council too. And after a meeting with her, I thought she has to be on my podcast as well. Lacey, it's tremendous to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited about it. And I think everything works out how it should be and getting introduced and meeting new tremendous people. It sure does. Well, Lacey, let's get right into it. The price of leadership. My father gave this speech many decades ago. It's the one speech he probably gave more in his life than any other speech. And in it, he talks about four keys, four things that you are going to have to be faced with if you are going to truly be a leader and not just a leader in name only. And the first of those is loneliness. And we have all heard that lonely is the head that wears the crown and it's lonely at the top. But can you share with our listeners what uh, loneliness looks like for you as a leader, maybe a time in your career where you dealt with it and how you got through it? First of all, I want to say thank you so much for sharing your father's speech with me. I had never heard that or read it before, and I thought it was very powerful and absolutely resonated with me right out of the gate because I don't think people talk about loneliness enough as a leader, and especially in business, it can be really lonely at the top. I think that impacts me a lot, not just in one situation, I don't think. I never intended to truly be a leader. I was just trying to help people with their money and it has evolved over time and grown out of me being focused on my mission and who I'm trying to help. And so along the way, I have learned that sometimes it is very lonely because others don't know the full story. They don't know everything that's behind it. And being a leader means that you often are bearing the brunt of everything. You are trying to protect your people or your audience, your customers, your consumers, and you're not trying to expose them to negative things or anything other than what you're trying to help them with or the service or product you're providing to them. That part is not necessarily a drawback. The loneliness part does make you a stronger leader, makes you stronger in what you're you're doing, makes you more resolute. Sometimes it can be perceived as a negative, but I believe in trying to f- learn lessons and take the most out of it. 
I think when you're trying something new, like I've done my conference and doing my podcast and coaching people and things not working out, that's very lonely because a lot of people don't know the effort that you've put into it. I know everybody listening, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here, but your heart and soul has gone into that. You've sacrificed time with your family, your life, your health, your wealth in order to reach a goal. And, you know, people just see a failure or see something that is only the tip of the iceberg, not everything underneath that is truly your heart and soul that you've put into it. And so that part can be very lonely is people to not understand what you were trying to do and the good that you were trying to do. That part is hard. And then also negativity, being in public or putting yourself out there. For me, what I do is public. You expose yourself to people's thoughts and opinions. And again, they don't know everything that's gone into whatever they're seeing, that one tweet or that one podcast episode or that one conference. That part is really hard, but you can't be focused on that because you have to keep moving forward, moving forward in your goal and what you're trying to accomplish and continuing to excel. So I I think that is part for me, the loneliness. And then I try to cope with that, with the things that people I surround myself with, helping lift me up when I am lonely to realize, okay, hey, this didn't pan out or you're worn out, those type of things. It's the people around you and the things you do to cope with that. So me, exercise is really important, getting outside. A lot of the work I do is like this in front of a computer. And so it's really important for me each day to get sunshine and be outside of my bubble to realize there's so much other things in life This is one aspect of my life. I try not to let my identity get wrapped up in my business. And I think that helps with the loneliness. I love that you pulled in protector aspect of loneliness. I never thought about that. Sometimes we as the shepherds or mama bears or papa bears, I never thought about that. But you are your protective, like you said, not just of your team, but your audience and who are probably getting a lot of weird things. And that that's difficult when you hear people telling them, you know, falsities or things that are are not going to pan out. You're very pragmatic about it. And I really appreciate that for our listeners out there. If you haven't encountered it or for our leaders out there, if you're dealing with the negativity, you feel alone because you failed. Hey, it happens to the best of us. And as Lacey said, it's par for the course. Just be aware of it and then surround yourself back with the people that are going to get you back on track. Because if you're not dealing with the negativity, if you're not dealing with the failure, and if you're not dealing with the protector role, then you're probably not really, truly leading. If you're dealing with it, like Lacey said, I just, I love that she says it's part of the course. And I love that you talked about when you put yourself out there. Here we are on the podcast and you're giving advice and stuff like that. And there's always something that has to sit back there and critique you. It is not not negativity, but it is, it's isolating, but you gotta just push through that. And it's nothing that anybody, any other great person doesn't deal with when your voice is out there. There's always gonna be the little dissenters or snipers and you just gotta press on from that. Yes, I think of my business as my house and especially the community that I serve. I serve the military community as it relates to money. So there are a lot of predators. I don't just let anybody in my home around my family. I do feel protective, especially as it relates to money. So that's really important to me to be a good advocate. You know, I can't police the world. I also have to come to terms with that, that I'm not superwoman, but I do try to be mindful about what I'm doing and the messaging and that I'm putting out and who I'm surrounding myself with. Yeah. And I love that that vigilance. And it's never ending because if you think every day something else will pop up, it's just the world we live in and it's human nature. I love that you're always in the eye for that. I just had never heard that aspect when it comes to loneliness. But boy, that's a beautiful way to put it. You talked about getting outside, exercising, your health and stuff like that. How do you combat weariness? Because you do have a lot of responsibilities on you. And leaders, we carry a lot of weight, even though we have people that help us. How do you combat weariness? 
This is something I think I picked up as a military child and as a military spouse is that I can't always have a pity party for myself. I am the leader of my children, the leader of my business. I put a limit on my pity parties. The limit is 24 hours. When something negative happens to me, sad, lonely, all of those things, I actually put a time limit on it, which is really helpful. It gives me time to process and cope with whatever has happened to me. But I think that gives me strength to be like, all right, I handled it. Now it's time to get back up and get back on task. Mm -hmm. And I think just having that mindset of trying to find the positive again, not trying to push down or smother what you're going through. It is exhausting. There is always a problem. But to me, that's life. It's not a question of if it's when, how much it's going to cost you and time, money, your emotions, those type of things. That's really important that I I do anticipate those things and being protective of the environment that I'm in and my mind and my physical health, I think helps combat that weariness. Because if I'm not eating right, if I'm not taking care of myself physically, then it does wear me down very quickly. I don't have the energy to cope with challenges or opportunity because you could be getting great things happening to you, but it's wearing you out because all the hard work is starting to pay off and you have these opportunities. could be positive and negative, taking care of yourself and having a plan, having systems in place of how are you going to handle whatever is thrown at you will help with the weariness. And then also too, knowing that I'm not special. I may be unique. There's only one Lacey, but I'm not special. All of these things happen to other business owners and keeping things in perspective is really important to me to handle the weariness. I love it. That should be your book, The 24-Hour Pity Party. (laughs) I just, I love that because there's good weariness, right? Like deployments, you put everything, but then there's bad weariness and that rumination, that frustration, exhaustion, self-doubt, those are all self-imposed emotions. And man, your body will catch a disease of the mind quicker than anything else. I love that you really brought up, yes, deal with it. It hurts. We're human. We have emotions. But then you got to draw that. I love that you put that hard stop because too many times people are still dealing with a failure from a year or a decade ago. And it is, they cannot lift their head up and move forward. They can't run with a baton because they're dragging this anchor anchor behind them. And you talked about planning, contingency planning. We learned that in the military too. If it goes wrong and it's probably going to go wrong, that's okay. We learned a lot of good things in the military. There's always something else. You don't just end the battle because something went wrong. You go back, you figure it out and you get right back in there. Yes. I think that's really important over the process too, that it's again, that that you're not unique. I won't be the first person this happened to, and I won't be the last person this happened to. That helps combat the weariness and letting go that this was something that happened. I'm going to take the lesson learned and move forward. And that's how I really try to deal with the weariness is having a good mindset moving into it. Since this is my dad's stuff, the price of leadership, I'll give you the line he would always tell me every time I'm be like, oh, this happened or I'm upset about this or can you believe this did this? And he'd look at me and say, is it anything worse than what happened to Jesus? And I'm like, oh, (laughs) so kind of what you said. I'm like, oh, you did not throw that card. I didn't ever pity part of him because it's like, Okay. Yeah. There are people that have been through a gazillion times stuff worse than me. Just let's move on. Yeah. He would always throw that Jesus card in there and that would shut the pity party down real quick. My grandma always says, if we all got together and put our problems on the table and we saw everybody else's, we probably pick ours up and turn around and leave the room. Boy, no kidding. Isn't that the truth? Just think about that. That's very sound wisdom. Okay. Loneliness, weariness. The next price that he talked about was abandonment. And typically, abandonment has this negative connotation. You're abandoning your job, your marriage, your pets, fear of abandonment. 
But my father's speech, he talked about abandonment is stopping what you like and want to think about and do in favor of what you ought and need to do. It's more of this kind of pruning away, abandoning what is not your highest purpose and focusing on what you need to. Lisa, with all these different things, and you're an entrepreneur, you're in the creative space, and wealth is always growing and looking at different things, and it's a changing industry. How do you stay really tightly focused on your message, your brand, and what you want to do for your audience? Going back to the point that who I serve is very much like family. I grew up in the military. I served my husband, my siblings. And so that, I think, is really important to me. I am authentic in that. I really do want to help people improve their financial lives. That is my compass. That's my North Star and also my morals and values, who I am. I think in business, it's been very helpful many times the things I'm not going to do more than what I am going to do is that I'm not comfortable with that. That is not going to help my community. That's going to help you. Knowing that I am trying to help my community, that's very helpful and not being tempted by money. I say a prayer all the time to never get greedy, Lacey, that when it's right, it will come. But I need to stay with my values and what I'm trying to do to help people that try not to look around at other people. I think that is also very helpful. I'm happy for my peers or people around me that have more success or more money or whatever it is that that's not the path for me. And I feel like cutting my losses, to me, that's what abandonment is, is the things that are dragging me down is really helping me towards the path that I'm supposed to be on. And I think that's really helpful. Sometimes that's hard to let go, though, of the things you've worked so hard on, whether that be like my podcast or my coaching business, those type of things. But I feel like it naturally starts to work itself out the path that you're supposed to be on and where your zone of genius is. Mm -hmm. And that's how I try to look at that as abandonment things I've had to let go is that this has actually moved me forward in an area that I love, that I get excited about versus handling the things that maybe aren't as passionate as I'm not as passionate about those things. I always think this is not forever. This is for right now. There are things that I wish I could do better or that I could give more attention to. But for right now, I need to focus and knock this one thing out of the park. Then I can leap to the next lily pad and handle that one, knock it out of the park, then move to the next one. To me, staying focused that way is very helpful because I do want to do well. I want to deliver well in what I'm trying to do. And that helps let go of some things. I love that you talked about sunken cost. One of my favorite book titles is Sacred Cows Make the Best Burgers. And it's all about, listen, there are times when you're going to have to look at something, maybe for a season or you work so hard, but throwing more money or time on it, it's not good. Knowing when to hold them and knowing when to fold them. And I love that you talked about kind of the parking lot mentality because we can juggle a lot of things. So we have a lot of great ideas, but I love it where you talked about, no, I stay on this point. I finish this. And that other one, I always tell, I'm going to put this in this parking lot here. Like I have 10 things I'm working on. The parking lot I'm in right now, I have to finish this. And I get calls all the time, as I'm sure you do. Well, have you thought about this? Yes, but I cannot spend any energy on this right now because otherwise I'm never going to get this one thing done that I'm supposed to be getting done. I love that you really talked about how you really get focus on it. And you're so grounded in who you are and who you want to serve. Boy, that and your virtues and values that really keeps you from getting pulled in areas or costly mistakes or even just a six-month period looking at something or partnering with the wrong person. That really will help you avoid a lot of the pitfalls that so many of us have made. Yes. And I try to think of the military. I give no ground. All the things I've worked hard on 
if I'm going to take on a new project, I give no ground on the things that are already built. And that's really important is there needs to be system and structures in place. Those run smoothly and I don't give any ground up while I'm working on this new thing. So I think you know, where you put your energy is really important. And again, it might not work out, but if you're ready to move forward and give that thing a shot, give no ground in the other areas. Can you unpack that a little bit more? I've never heard that before. Give no grounds. Unpack that more because that's fascinating. And I want to make sure I understand it. Yes. So for me and my business and my brand, at the core of what I do, I help the military community with money. But I do that in many different ways. And I have found that you know, to reach more people, to help more people, I've had to evolve my business and how I earn money. And so in the beginning, it was a coaching business. Then I started a podcast. Well, I don't want to give ground on my coaching business. That needs to have really good structure in place. So I have a system for every aspect of my business, which may seem not sexy, but to me it is because those are the things that make you look good is the systems that you have behind doors. I have a system to intake at this point, all my business and my financial coaching clients. Then I could focus on my podcast. Well, I had to create a system for my podcast because I don't want a very large team. To me, that's more management. That's more leadership. And right now my goal is to help as many military people with money. I'm very mindful of that. And then also having the right people that I surround myself with and that I give my energy to creating the podcast. I have to have a system for that. How am I going to intake clients or guests? How am I going to produce this, promote it? How am I going to make money off of this? Giving no ground on my coaching that I could continue to do that while I build the podcast. And then having the podcast, more people doing outreach and speaking. I'm not giving ground on either my coaching business or my podcast, but now I'm going to take on new opportunities because I have systems and structures in place. Those don't give any ground. And then moving into creating Mill Money Con, which may have seemed like something I shouldn't take on. But to me, people kept coming to me for help. I wanted to provide a solution. Mm -hmm. And it ultimately helps service members with their money if there's a stronger financial force that serves them. Me creating a conference, bringing those people together and continuing their education, networking and empowering them leads to my main mission. Well, I can't give ground on all those other things while I build the conference. And so having systems and structures in place helps me give no ground. Well, I love that you said this is what you're doing, but you do it in many different ways. You have these tentacles coming down, but everything is really clearly delineated. That's your second book, Give No Ground. I love it. And Lacey, structure is sexy. I mean, I'm telling because otherwise the winging it, just cavalier. It's like, no, 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 no. I'm an operations. I'm a project manager. I love processes because then you really know what's going on. Our entrepreneurs are people that are transitioning into entrepreneurship. If you come from that background where you like structure and that right brain stuff or that left brain stuff, do what Lacey said. Make sure you are building stuff that fits nicely into it. And I love that you hit on that because a lot of times with entrepreneurs, people have different things that they're interested in but they all kind of weave up into the same desire or purpose, but they get very dichotomous about, well, I can only focus on this. And I'm like, really? Like you with the conference. Yeah, I know you said, okay, well, maybe I shouldn't have done this. And yet in doing it, you created a synergy where your main goal was able to be multiplied and other speakers and resources were brought in. So it just amplified what you were trying to do. And I think that's a true sweet spot. Thank you. And two, learned a lot in building business. And so when I started the conference, I was more prepared for failure, which was made it a lot easier to take that leap because I'm not embarrassed by that anymore. 
not that it's fun. Don't get me right. wrong. <laughs> right. It's, you know, again, going back to the 24 hour pity party, knowing what my fallback position is and how I'm going to handle that and being smart about taking a calculated risk and then getting the mentorship. Also very clear on that is that if I want to do this, I need to align myself with people that have put on events, conferences that can support me and be a good sounding board. Well, I love to be prepared for failure. And Charles, who wrote, again, wrote this speech, was quite humorous. And he was like, listen, I don't like to fail. But if you don't learn to laugh at your problems, you're never even going to be in the ring of the game because you have to be able to like just and not like self-deprecating, but laugh, smile, own it and move on and dust off the failure and get going on. Because otherwise, if you're stepping out of anything, because everybody's sitting back just waiting for somebody else to do it. So I love that you said that you're not be prepared for failure and it, and it doesn't hold you back at all. Yes. My little brother always says to me, if it was so easy, everybody would be doing it. <laughs> That's and right. it's not. And that is my mantra too, that I tell myself is that I'm not the first, I won't be the last. So any negative things that happen, but also the positive things. I don't want to wrap my identity around being a podcaster, wrap my identity around being a financial coach. There are many aspects to me. So I don't want to then lose that. And then that impacts me in a negative way. So I do try to keep perspective about whatever is happening to me. That's beautiful. Okay. Loneliness, weariness, abandonment. And the last point my father talked about was vision. We've heard in, in the, the good book, Proverbs, where there is no vision that the people fail. And sometimes when I would hear vision as a young leader, I'm like, well, I'm more practical. <laughs> I'm more tactical. I'm not this big Nostradamus type person. But my father always taught me, Tracy, vision is just really seeing what needs to be done and then doing it. It was always this kind of attraction plus action equals vision, because otherwise you're just kind of in this blue sky land. Lacey, can you unpack what vision means for you and how do you hone it? Do you have a vision board? Do you go away for a retreat? Do you have a strategic planning? How do you do it? I think vision is so important in entrepreneurship, and that really is the spark that ignites everything to why you're doing this thing. Because again, it's not easy. Not everybody wants to do it. And for many people, it's foreign. I didn't come from a family of big entrepreneurs. I come from a family of military service. And so going into entrepreneurship was a foreign concept to me and definitely a lot of learning. But in hindsight, looking back, a business is like your imaginary friend. In the beginning, only you see it. You are trying to describe this thing to the people that you love and your friends. You might be putting some money into your imaginary friend. So hard for other people to see your vision. And, yes. and that's the job of an entrepreneur is to get this out of your head and make it a reality. Like it's a real boy, like Pinocchio, like we've built this thing and now it is walking and talking. And now other people can see it. So I think that's good perspective to have is like, okay, in the beginning, yeah, you're not gonna get it. I don't need to try to explain it. Like I know what I need to do in order to make this thing happen, or I've got to start creating the steps to make it happen or figuring out how to make it happen. But it really is something you are seeing and something you're feeling like you're motivated, like this attraction that you mentioned, it's think the driving force. And then it's just these steps to make it a reality. And then people believe, then people get behind you. And I don't fault people for that because they didn't see it like I did. And vice versa, somebody came to me and was like, hey, we're going to start this thing called Google. I'd be like, that's a crazy name. And why would we need that? Again, it's the beginning. Only you see your vision. That's a really healthy perspective to have in that. And it's so important to go after it. The way I deal with vision is 
I try to get out. Like all the things we talked about, systems and structures is really important. But most importantly, it leaves room for you to be creative and follow your passions or those sparks to be like, okay, I have some time. This system is working this part of my business. Now I can daydream. Yes. I do a, a lot of it comes to me when I'm running or I'm outside. I keep my phone on me and I whatever I will be running and come up with something that's going to be part of a presentation. I'll stop running and I'll type that into my notes. So I have that. Then I keep running and I let my mind go where it wants to go because that is the space that I've made for it to happen. But I think if you max yourself out, stress yourself out and don't have a plan of how you're going to cope in business, it's stifling to your vision. And vision is a future thing. Like you said, I love that you called it daydreaming. Because that is something that we have to just allow ourselves to think outside the box. I also love that you said a business is like your imaginary friend. And sometimes we have to load money to our imaginary friends. To our listeners out there, if you're making the leap, like I said, I like Lacey came from the military to Fortune 100. So bureaucracy, 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 paycheck, paycheck. And then all of a sudden you're just like, whoa. And I can remember not everybody does want to do it, but there are going to be times. And I just say this to the listeners out there. If you're having to write a check to your imaginary friend, it's okay. Please don't think you failed <laughs> because right. hopefully you have enough saved up. But if you don't, there have been many times where I pulled out my own checkbook and said, okay, we have to cover expenses. And I mean, it's just it's what you do in the beginning because you're pouring everything of yours, but it's your baby. That's what you do. I'm really glad you brought that up because I think we don't talk about that. Oh, I'm not making ends meet. I have to go back and take a job again. Maybe. Let's really look at this because very few people on their first year out, what is it? The first year your business sleeps, then it creeps, then it leaps. It just takes time to build that book of business, especially in the coaching or financial planning. But if you stick with it and build that with speaking, with writing, with podcasting, with everything, it takes time. Yes, it really does. I didn't realize how much time it would take, but now I'm enjoying that climb. Everything that I'm doing, I'm not in a rush because I am enjoying what I'm doing. I enjoy helping other people and having a positive impact. And it goes back to the leadership is that what I do has a positive impact on people. The stronger I am, the more work I do, or importantly, the productive work that I do, not just work for work's sake, but what I accomplish can do more towards my mission and the people I'm serving. So I think that's really important. And then also too, when you're building this thing that's your imaginary friend, surrounding yourself with people that believe and that those are fellow entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. people that have been there. They're not going to laugh because they have a bunch of imaginary friends lined up in addition to the one that they already built. They have that mindset. And so they understand they're going to say, it's okay. This thing didn't work out. Get up again, do it again. If that didn't work out, get up and do it again. And they're going to be like, stay positive. So they understand the struggle and the mental capacity and fortitude it takes to build a business. Well, and I really appreciate you saying that. And I love that you're in the thick of it because as you're coaching, I just always think it's good. You know, people would say to me, well, Tracy, can you tell us how you got successful? And I've said, I always say, well, when I do, <laughs> I'll come back and check it. I'm like, you know what it took because yeah. it's, well, how do you measure this? I just thank God that I can do what I love. I can pay my bills. I have some left over to give away and save. And how do we measure this? I may not be wealthy, but my life is rich. And I love that you are still in this. So when you're dealing with people, because I think you get to a point where you're just so successful, it's like, you know, what if you would have been on the ground floor of Google? And what if you would be worth, you know, $500 billion? I mean, there's there are people like that, but the rest of us are just kind of in the thick of it that just want to retire well. And I love that you are still in it because they can look at you and you can tell them, you'll get there. I may be one lap around ahead of you, 
And so I used to be really sensitive about that. Well, am I, am I successful enough to talk about this? Listen, if you're one step ahead, you need to share with people because they need to know because they may be wanting to quit on that step. And so you just need to do it. And I love that you're just really authentic about that. Oh, yes. I can't even count the number of times I've wanted to quit, but I think I'm just so stubborn. And two, when you look back and like all the work I've put in, it's like, no, again, no. I'm giving no ground, giving no ground. I love it. My Charles would say that too. And he's like, oh, you can want to quit. You can want to quit all you want. Just don't do it. He goes, oh, I thought about quitting Monday. I thought about quitting Tuesday. And he goes, on Wednesday, I thought of a reason I never even thought of before to quit, but I just don't do it. And he goes, since then, he's made millions of dollars wanting to quit, but he just didn't do it. Lacey, thank you for that. So we talked about loneliness, weariness, abandonment, and vision. This is a leadership podcast and anything else that we haven't touched on that you would like to share with our listeners. You never know as a leader the impact that you have. When I look back at some of the amazing leaders that have impacted my life, I always think I should look them up because they have no idea that one little thing that they did for me, it was set an example that I'm now using as a leader myself. That's something to remember is all of the things you're doing to run your business and make opportunity, make things happen is the people around you that you are impacting, that see you trying, seeing you not quit, seeing you get back up after failure, seeing it not let it go to your head when you have a major opportunity and have a little bit of success. I think that's really important is to remember the positive impact you have on others. I love it. Lacey, how do people get in touch with you? The best way is at LaceyLangford.com or you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Either of those are wonderful, or you could check out millmoneycon.com. Excellent. And tell us about your podcast. Yes. Military Money Show is to help the military community make, save, and invest money wisely, which is more focused on having guests on to talk about those topics. And also I do solo shows, but it's really trying to help people get to where they want to be with money and have confidence in what they're doing. I love it. Well, I know probably at least a third to maybe half of our audience is prior military, active duty military, or has a family member that's in the military. Can they reach out to you as far as if they're looking to make a transition or for just some coaching advisement on not being afraid of money? Oh, definitely. LaceyLangford.com has all the information about my coaching. Okay. I love that. Lacey, I can't thank you enough. It was so wonderful to hear your thoughts. You really inspired me. You made me laugh. You made me jot down a whole bunch of scribbles. And I just really thank you for all you're doing. I thank you that you saw a space that needed done, that you are so committed to what you're doing and that girl, you are fierce and you are not giving up. And that is leadership in its purest form. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate that and the kind words. You're welcome, Lacey. I look forward to serving with you on the committee too. Lots of great times ahead. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. All right, folks. Well, listen, to our listeners out there, we want to thank you so much for tuning in. If you would do us the honor of a five-star review, we'd be so thankful. Be sure and hit the subscribe button and share this with somebody that you think may be interested in it. Also, be sure and connect with Lacey. Remember, my father always said that you're going to be the same person five years from now that you are today, except for two things, the people you meet and the books you read. So you have a tremendous individual to connect with, Miss Lacey here. I want to thank you all for continuing to pay the price of leadership. Have a tremendous rest of your day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.